everybody. Welcome back to Back to Basic. I am your host, Danielle, and I'm so excited that we are here once again. If this is your first time listening to me, welcome. We get back to the basic every single week about different topics with different people who are just awesome. And if you are back, thanks for joining us again. So as I'm recording this, it is actually the day that you're going to be hearing this because Truthfully, I didn't know what I wanted to say in this intro. Sometimes I share what's going on in my life. Sometimes I share a funny anecdote or a topic that I've been thinking of or something that's been bothering me. Other times I really talk about what you're going to hear in the conversation later on. Uh, And today I just didn't know what I wanted to focus on because right now there's just like a lot going on while also not having a lot going on. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever have those days or weeks or years? And it sounds like I'm about to break into the Friends theme song with that. But those times when you just feel like you have a lot to do or there's a lot that's going on. But at the same time, everything's pretty neutral. Like nothing's really overly amazing. Nothing's really overly bad. But I feel lately like I know what I need to focus on and I feel focused. I feel like I'm ready for what's next and what I need to do. But I also feel like I don't know. I feel like there are so many things that I want to do and so many things that I know I can do. But I don't know where to start and I don't know what to do while also knowing what to do. It's a very weird feeling. It's a very contradictory feeling. Um, And I'm sure that we've all gone through that where you're just feeling a little confused, but like you also are ready to push past that. I'm kind of in that right now. I know that this may not be making sense, but hopefully it makes sense to some of you where you're motivated, but you're also just like, what do I do? I also feel like I'm in the The thing that's popping into my mind right now is like really a funny, ridiculous reference and metaphor for this, but I'm going to share it with you because, well, this is my podcast, so I get to do that, but also this podcast is about sharing um, just the basics, you know, the things we have in common, so maybe you will find this reference something that you can relate to. The movie Halloween Town at the very end of the movie, spoiler alerts for the next couple of minutes. Um, If you have not seen Halloween Town, it did come out in the 90s. It's incredible. Go watch it if you haven't. But at the very end, when they are defeating Calabar and they need all of the Cromwells to come together with their powers, and Dylan, the brother, who is a skeptic, he starts to get his powers and his fingertips start to sparkle. Like they're literally sparklers, like the 4th of July because the power is coming in him and he looks down at it and he's really confused and he doesn't know what to do, but like the power is there. So he can do something with it. He's just not sure. That's how I feel right now. I feel like I am seeing sparklers in my fingers and I'm right there. It's right there. I just, I don't know where to go yet or how to go yet, but I feel very close to it. And like, I'm ready for more and I'm ready to go. And I know I've said that as I've kind of refocused with Back to Basic and as I've kind of said that there's a lot of plans in the works and there are, 
right? Like during my hiatus, I have thought of so many plans and have wanted to jump in so much, but my fingers weren't sparkling yet. I don't know if any of this makes sense, but I'm hoping to some of you it does. Now picture me sitting in front of the microphone, literally with sparklers coming out of my fingers, and I am just ready to throw my power out there. I'm just waiting for the moment. So I'm kind of in park right now. If we're going to go into a car metaphor, if you're more of a car person than a witch person, um, I'm kind of in park, but the car's on. So I am just finding my way to putting it in drive, to defeating my calabar, if you will. And I know that this is probably a bigger conversation about how I'm my own worst enemy or my own villain that I need to defeat. And that's like way too psychological for me right now. I would prefer to talk about Halloween Town, which I could talk about any day of the year. So if anyone wants to come on the podcast and talk about Halloween Town, I would totally love that because it should really be spooky season all year round. I don't even care. Although I do love Christmas movies. We are now getting into a tangent, but guess what? That's how this goes. So I'm ready to go. I'm ready to focus. I'm ready to focus on me. And I'm ready to take those sparklers in my finger to take the power back. This thing that always pops into my mind sometimes is just remember who the fuck you are. And I think that's a little bit of what it is, right? Like remember what I'm capable of. Remember what that power is and just fucking go for it. So that's where we are right now. We are in a limbo of sorts, but I know limbo. Noah said to me that limbo is like a negative thing. I don't mean it in a negative way, okay? Limbo like literally means waiting for the next phase, and that's where I'm at. But I'm hoping that this month will be an active limbo and we'll be working towards better things. So that's where I'm at, and I hope that you can relate to it. And I hope that, you know, my Halloween Town reference didn't totally throw you off. This has nothing to do with the conversation that you are about to hear. But like I said at the beginning of this little spiel, I didn't know what to talk about in the intros because sometimes they have nothing to do with the conversation and sometimes they have everything to do with the conversation. This one in particular doesn't really have anything to do with the conversation that you're about to hear, which is that of me and Eric LaRusso, who is a former coworker, former radio host. He was a radio host for 20 plus years. He was one of the first people I met when I got my job at the radio station that I work at right now. And he is so fun. He's so fantastic. It's a great conversation. It's a lot of fun getting to reminisce with him and also hear from his experience of being in the radio industry for 20 years and and also what it was like to get out of that thing that he loved so much. Because right now, I could tell you, I don't see myself getting out of it or getting out of talking into a microphone in some way. I say it all the time, but I love it so much. So it's interesting to talk to him about that and and see his perspective on that. You know, it's really enlightening. Um, So it's a great conversation. I really hope that you enjoy it, that you learn something from Eric, that you laugh a little bit. And I hope that if you are like me right now, that the sparklers in your fingers soon will become magic. That being said, I hope that you're ready to get back to basic with Eric. Eric, how are you? Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I am so excited. Really? I got it. So for people listening, Eric and I were radio buddies. We worked for the same cluster of stations. Uh, You were there right when I started, right? Like, I feel like I met you very quickly. Yeah. uh, Gee, I was there since 1998. So when you started, I was already there. there. Yeah. Yeah. And like he said, you were in radio for a really long time. So I needed to get Eric back on the mic and have him get a little basic with me. 
you know, maybe Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend, by the way. Oh, my God, that was perfectly timed. I don't want to do all the rambling in the beginning. I want you to tell us a little bit about who you are. So Eric LaRusso, 40, maybe 44 next year, which is crazy. We were talking a little bit earlier before we started this. It's like time just flies. Time flies. You know, I got into radio uh, out of high school. Like I didn't not I shouldn't say out of high school, but when I was in high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. We would always hear commercials for CSB. And these guys were like, man, you know, you love music. You know, you got a great personality. You should be on the radio. And I was like, eh, you know, I never really thought about it. And then I got laid off one winter and I'm like, you know what? Like, let's try it. So I did the CSB thing. And then um, I came down to the station, met with Sam T, who I think he passed away before you were there. Right. I, yeah. I don't recall him. You know, I had long ass hair at the time, like halfway down. I know back. your pictures. <laughs> these throwback photos are the best thing yeah. I've ever seen. Well, I put a shirt, shirt and tie on and I marched in that office and, you know, and I, I wanted to do it. So he, Sam hired me in promotions, which I figured was a good way to get my foot in the door. You just hang out. And, and back then, believe it or not, like it was carts. Oh my and, God. And mm-hmm. CD in CDs and CDs. Yeah. So you had to pull all your music and oh all your commercials were on carts. Like by the time I was on the air, thank God it was just all push a button. and you're it was, go. was it like computers when you got on the air? It was very similar to what the system is we have now. Okay. You know, I mean, I saw them pulling music and I was like, uh, thank God I didn't have to deal with that. Yeah. When I hear those <clears> stories, <throat> I'm like, wow, thank God someone does it for me because I feel like the stress of like going live in general and then having to deal with the song. Oh my God. It would just, it's a lot of work. I give so many old school radio people so much credit, but like they were the pioneers. Like they did it so that we could have these automation computer systems yeah. that just run the station. How did you actually become on air? Like you started promotions. Yeah, I started promotions, uh, basically just setting up the tables and the signs, greeting people, having them fill out, you know, forms for prizes. Yeah. Handing out keychains, all that kind of stuff. And I just, I was kind of nervous to get on the air. So I was just kind of comfortable doing a promotions thing. Um, although I did want to be on the air ultimately. And like Smith and Barber would, I don't know if you know Smith and Barber, they were on, they were the morning show before Chaz and AJ. Uh, and they would get me on like to do bits and stuff. So, I mean, it was a blast. And then uh, at the time, uh, Wiggy, a lot yep. of you will know Wigmaster. Uh, yep. He was the program director. So he asked me, he's like, hey man, you know, we got to get you on the air. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I want to do it. So um, I started putting together some demos so made one or two demos and all of a sudden he called me up. He's like, all right, you're going on at two in the morning, Saturday night. And I oh, was wow. just like losing my mind. I was like, holy, I can swear. Yeah. yeah you can I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, holy shit. So yeah. So I would go in and just do a couple hours in the middle of the night. And then before you know it, I was doing Friday nights and Saturday nights. And then. Yeah. I mean, it's such a like blessing to have people who have been in the industry for so long, be able to like teach you or show you, or like you said, like give you a shot. I feel like we take that for granted so much. Cause like you said, like we listen to the radio, we know these people, you know, I feel like that's why radio DJs have that thing. Like you feel like they're your friends. So it's like so cool when you're in the studio with these people and you're like, Oh my God, like I have been listening to you and now I'm like with you and I'm working with you. Yeah. So getting back to Mike Lapatino, you know yeah. how, what a clown he is. He's yep. like, so basically you're telling me you meeting me is like, if I met Paul McCartney, I'm like, all right, take it easy. Mike. Um, I mean, but really he <laughs> is like a rock radio legend. In oh, abso- like, absolutely. People know who he is. He's good at what he does. And 
I mean, I just, even, you know, there was like one time where he even complimented me for like how I am on air. And I was like, starstruck. I was like, oh my God, like you think I'm good. And he was like, yeah, I've heard you like, you're really good. And I was like, I was like, you don't understand what that's like for me. Like to hear that, which totally brings me to my question. One of my questions for you is as someone who started in the industry, like late nineties, right. Yeah. And you were in it until like almost 2020. That's a big gap, first of all, to be in one industry. How did you see the radio industry change? And how was that adapting to those changes? Yes. So like I said, technically, you know, uh, it was nice because everything was so simple. You didn't have to worry about CD skipping Mm -hmm. or pulling the wrong cart. That was a good thing. And then it went really corporate. And then Mm -hmm. when Connoisseur bought it, it kind of went back to just local, you know? Yeah. And they really do put an emphasis because I'm still at that cluster and they do put an emphasis on local, which I really love because I feel like that's what radio is and it was. And so bringing that back is so important. You were doing it for a really long time. Um, What did you love about it? What did you love about being because doing that for a long time? No one really does things for 20 years anymore. You know what I mean? Like people do jobs for like two years and then they move on. Well, the thing is, I loved music since, I mean, my parents like said that there was, I was in a car seat, like just rocking out to uh, Ted Stop. Nugent. Ted Nugent is the name they always bring up. They, I, for some reason, I must've like catch scratch fever or something, but uh, so I've always loved music and I always, you know, thought it'd be so cool to work in music. So being in radio was just awesome. You know, um, uh, I really, I'm like such a people person and I connect with people and I like, I made tons of friends with listeners you know, yeah. all the all the years in promotions, um, we'd have a lot. Of, I mean, I met a ton of new people, but we'd get a lot of the same people who would come to every like they're loyal. PLR listeners are loyal. Oh, yeah. And they would come. You know, I got to be friendly with so many people like and not just some on a personal level too, not just like at events and stuff. So I made a lot of friends along the way, plus all the people that I worked with over the years, you know, um, I just love the idea of playing music and getting paid to do it. It's so it's such a simple reason, but it's so like I feel like the things we love, like it should be simply because we love it. Like there shouldn't really be something else behind that. And I think nowadays there always needs to be like all these other reasons for why you're doing what you're doing. Um, And I know like you are very active in social media as well now. You're not in the industry anymore, but you are active in media like you are posting and you are like connecting with people still. But I wonder like, did leaving radio, was there like a void and you kind of were like, I need to do something and create something. You know what? I, I think there is something to that. I think it did amp up a little bit, you know, cause I do miss, I miss it. I'm a hundred percent. You know what I mean? But it was yeah. my yeah. son is getting older and he, you know, he was involved, he's involved in sports and, you know, and he had basketball every Saturday and other stuff. And that's mainly when I was working. That's why I would see you all the time on Saturdays. Yeah. And uh, over the years, you know, I thought about like, yeah, you know, maybe it's time to get out because, you know, I got a full-time job already mm-hmm. and I got my, my son doing things on the weekends. And it was, you know, a lot of Saturdays I'd have to call somebody and Hey man, you know, if you do my Saturday, I'll do your Sunday. And you yeah. know, a lot of flip. And I finally was just like, you know what? I think it's time to, hang it up for a little bit. Cause I don't want to okay. miss out, miss out on stuff with him. You yeah. know, he's only, you know, my dad was at all my baseball and football games, never missed anything. And I wanted to do the same, you know, and uh, they said, if I ever wanted to become, if to come back, they'd welcome me back. So. Yeah. I mean, that was like a hard decision to make. I feel like, I mean, you're, you weren't trying to choose between the two, but you had to make a decision that made sense for you right now. 
do you miss it? Do you miss that? Like every single week, like going in, or is there some sort of, I don't want to say relief. Cause that's, that's not what I'm trying to get at, but is there some part of you that feels good that you left the industry right now? Like, I mean, you also left it right before COVID when let's be honest, the, every industry was suffering and it's still recovering, but radio in general was really hit. Like, do you miss it? Do you feel a little relieved? I do. I feel like the timing worked out well because yeah. I don't know. I don't know what would have happened anyway because of COVID. Yes, I do miss it a hundred percent, but I also kind of get used to having my Saturdays free. Mm-hmm. Would you ever go back? I know you said that they had said, if you know, open invitation, if you'd want to revisit it, do you think that as your son gets older or maybe as life kind of changes a little bit, would you ever revisit? I believe that is a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Have you thought about it? Yeah, I I have. Sure. Mm -hmm. I get it because, you know, the thrill of being on the radio is still it's you can't replicate that feeling. Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like it's something that you just really love. And I feel like I mean, every it's like the every time I see like one of your TikTok videos, I'm always laughing. I'm always like, oh, my God, this is why he was so good on the radio, (laughs) because you're just like you still have that thing. You know what I mean? Like you want to entertain people and you still want to like connect with people. I know you don't do it professionally, but do you ever feel any pressure with social media at all? I wouldn't say pre- no. No, it's just okay. it's for it's fun. What's your favorite platform? Ooh, that's tough. I, so Snapchat, I use, but a lot of that's a lot of group stuff. Like you yeah. know, you got friends in a group. Oh um, yeah. But you can go down that TikTok rabbit hole. Oh my god, hours. Uh, you know, um, so bad. And I'm just, Twitter, I love Twitter. Yeah, you're on um, Twitter a lot too. Yeah, Facebook, yes. Um, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. Yeah. You know, the funny thing, I never got on Instagram. Yeah, I noticed that. I don't know why. I just always like, listen, I'm seeing everybody's pictures on every other platform. Why do I need Instagram too? I like that you do it for fun and it's like no pressure. Like it is what it is. Like, and I feel like you're very like that with a lot of things. It seems like you're like, I'm enjoying my life. You're enjoying being a dad. Like you're doing your thing. And I like that you have the doors open for things. It's not like I'm done with radio. That's it. It's like, no, like I would love to go back. But like, I don't need to go back right now. I think a lot of us can really and should really go with the flow a lot more. Do you have any advice for that? For those of us who don't go with the flow and freak out about things? <laughs> you do sometimes. It's yeah. natural. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Just take it a day at a time and just have fun. You know? Love that. It, yeah. it's, I'm, you know, and my wife's always busting my balls. Oh, you're, you're too old to be on TikTok. What are you, 17-year-old girl? Eh, who cares? I see people way older than me on there. Oh, yeah. So you know what? I don't TikTok <laughs> grandparents are my favorite. It's like my favorite level of TikTok because they just don't give a shit. And like I I aspire as I enter this next uh, decade, I aspire to not give a shit as much, <laughs> like not in a bad way, but in a way of like, I'm just going to do my thing and like go with the flow. And I was talking to someone recently and, you know, I had a friend who unfortunately passed away a few years ago. And I ever since then, I've had this like mentality, even though I freak out still, I've tried to have this mentality. Like I try to stop and think there are more important things for me to focus on and to not freak out about. And so I feel like I need to channel some of your like chill energy into <laughs> my thirties. Well, listen, um, we can get together and have some Tito's together and that'll help you. Chill. Oh, I will hold you to that. We haven't seen each other in person. I know so we have to. So Eric, I want to know what is something, and I already know <laughs> one of the answers to this, but what is something that you're obsessed with? Like, what are you a fan of what are the pop culture things that you're drawn to in your free time? So like talk music or whatever, anything. I mean, mean, everyone has a different vice, you know, I worked as a stagehand for uh, three or four summers. 
I mean, I worked with everybody from the Spice Girls. I was going to say, we need to talk first, about that for was, a second. That was the first show I ever worked with the Spice Girls. Uh, and, you know, Britney Spears and Sync, and then country shows, Ozfest, Metallica, Dave Matthews, Lenny. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, but I've always loved music and um, I'm obsessed. With a lot. Everyone who knows me knows I love two things. Mm-hmm. Well, th- three things. The Yankees. Yeah. Yep. The Golden Girls. Yep. And Seven Dust. Oh, what Seven a Dust, wide spectrum. Yeah, Seven Dust, they're not like, I mean, they, they do well. Uh, I've seen them 35 times, something like that. Wow. I have a Seven Dust tattoo. Yeah, and over the years, um, through different instances, I actually got to meet them like five, six times, and they're so cool. And uh, I, one of the guitar players, John Connolly, he's very active on social media. I mm-hmm. mean, him and I chat all the time on Messenger. That's amazing. That's like the dream. So you are friends, essentially, social media friends with a band that you like. Yeah. That is so cool. So you were, so you've really had some part in like music in your whole life, really. Like radio, stagehand, like, first of all, as a stagehand, I need to know, did you meet Britney Spears? Uh, I didn't meet her, but I was a couple feet away. You were a couple feet away? Yeah. So, um. For, for her show, the uh, security was extra strict. Really? We, we usually had access to everything but dressing rooms. Okay. Uh, and the only time we can go to the dressing rooms is if we were told specifically to get something. Okay. But other than that, we were, we were everywhere. Um, for her, the security was really super strict. We had to stay really? to, to in one area and whatever. But the one thing we could do was get as close to the stage as we wanted. And we're just standing there just the bass is just thumping our chest and we're just like we didn't care because we're yeah Britney Spears is running I mean literally what so wait what year was this so I did that from 98 to 2001 I believe so you were like right in the thick of like those popular bands too like the NSYNC which by the way I don't know if you know but I am a huge boy bander love did you meet them did you meet them were you Um, close to them yeah so um, I saw all of them backstage. That show was a hell of a, a job to put together because really? they they had they flew over the audience. Oh my god, that show! Yes. Oh my god. So we had to rig up all that stuff yeah. with all the pulleys and everything so they could fly over the crowd. And let me tell you, that was the loudest that crowd for like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney. Yeah. It's just you could barely hear the music because it's just twenty thousand girls screaming. I I, I know it. Trust <laughs> me. I literally saw, I mean, InSync was my first ever concert when I was seven or eight. Boy band fans are no joke. Like no. it was nuts. I can just imagine what it was like working. And you went when it was like boy band mania, like yeah. Britney mania. Yeah. I mean, that's an unbelievable experience though, that you got to like be there for all these bands. Like who else did you like meet? What's your like craziest, best story from when you were a stage? Okay. I got a million people I met, but the best story because yes. I don't know how much time we have. Go for it. Um, are you a Pearl Jam fan? Yeah. Okay. You know Eddie Vedder, obviously. Yep. I played basketball with Eddie Vedder. Are you serious? 100%. I was working a Pearl Jam show. Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals. Uh, mm-hmm. They were the opening. Okay. They were the, op- they were the opening act. And uh, so funny story. So while Ben Harper was playing, I was just walking through the crowd because uh, a lot of my friends are going to be at the show. So I was just killing some time trying to find my friends right down in the seats. Uh, this short little white guy with a giant Afro and big sunglasses comes walking right by me. And everybody was like looking at him and laughing behind his back. Cause he just looked crazy, you know? So I ended up going backstage and um, 
on the side of the stage, there's a little loading area and we just happen to have a portable basketball hoop because there's a lot of downtime. Once the big stuff is done, a lot of us would get cut. So I'm just shooting around and uh, I'm just, you know, shooting hoops by myself and the door swings open and here comes the dude with the huge Afro and the sunglasses. So he takes the wig and the sunglasses off and it's any better. And Are I'm you serious? Like, oh, yeah. I'm just like, holy shit. I'm just shooting. He gets the rebound. He shoots. I'm like trying to keep it cool. And then he just came over. And he's like, you want to play a game of who? And I played a basketball, played who with Eddie Vedder. It was crazy. I love that he was like in disguise too. Yeah. So he told me he likes, he does that so he can uh, watch Ben play. So he would put the disguise on and go out and, you know. Oh my God. And then when they took the stage though, yeah. he, he wore that outfit for the first song. Really? So now, so now the people who saw him walking through the crowd are like, oh my God. That was, I was making fun of this guy and it was any better the whole time. Okay. That I love. I think that is so funny. I got to tell you totally not as cool as your story, but like one time I went to go see the beach boys and it was when John Stamos was with them Uh, and I was waiting in the back by the, it was at down in Westchester and I was waiting by the back. I was waiting for my boyfriend to come out of the bathroom and I wasn't really paying attention. This guy walked over and I was like, he looks so familiar. And I thought it was some guy dressed like Mike Love because, you know, like yeah. wearing the, the Hawaiian shirts and the hat. And I was like, oh, it's yeah. probably some fan. And he like walked over to like the Nathan stand and like got something and like went back. Was and it Uncle Jesse? No, it was not. It was uh, Mike Love. It was uh, I. So the show starts <laughs> and I'm like, they come out and all of a sudden he walks out and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> My boyfriend's like, yep. what? I'm like, I he just was walking through the crowd and he must have figured no one would really realize because everyone shows up in the Hawaiian shirts yeah. and the hats. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, I was like two feet away from him. What the fuck is wrong with me? I didn't think <laughs> that he would be going to get hot dogs before he was on stage. But like, right? I yeah. love that you played basketball. <laughs> How freaking cool. Do you miss those days? I mean, I know it's it has to be very physical. Oh, right. Y- yeah. Big time. And I think back and I'm not even sure why I left, to be honest with you. Really? <laughs> I mean, I was young. It, it wasn't it was, you know, part time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The union started getting involved mm, and I, okay. I, I just, I don't know. One thing led to another and I was like, ah, that's enough. Yeah. But I do miss, I mean, how cool was that? Yeah. You know, such a I cool mean, experience. Backstage pass for every show for four I years. I know. God, it's crazy. that would be incredible. I think that's like partly why a lot of us <laughs> who get into radio love it so much. Cause you do feel like you're like in it, like you're in the action in some way, like whether it's a show you're going to an event, an interview, like you just feel like you feel like you're in it. And I feel like I love that you have done so much in music and so much. Do you think you'll ever, I know we said you might go into radio again or whatever. I mean, is there any part of you that like, do you play music? Is it like, what do you do now in regards to that? Is it more that you're like a Um, fan now? Yeah. I'm just listening. Like I said, I used to, you know, we tried to have a band a hundred years ago, me and some friends. It was more for fun than anything, you know, at the time. And, but just jamming, playing air drums. Trying to yeah. get my son into getting my son into music. Yeah, I was gonna say. So, I mean, is your son musically inclined? Does he like music? Do you try to get him to like listen to your stuff? How is that? Yeah, he like he listens to everything. It's funny because like I'm mostly into rock and metal. Like if you look through my playlist, you'd start laughing. You'd be surprised at some of the stuff you'd see. Really? Like because what? I, I mean, I, you'll I'll go from Slayer and Pantera to Metallica to Jack Johnson. Nice. Uh, Dave Matthews. Um, my wife actually got me into a little bit of country. I don't know Ooh, if I should admit. Really? Yeah, a Who? little bit. Old Dominion. Yep. Couple. Um, she dragged me to see Zach Brown a couple years ago. Such a vibe. Oh my god! Even, so you have like lots of varied interests over here, Eric. 
Yeah. And it's funny, like, and because of TikTok, I find myself listening to Astronaut in the Ocean. So I'm open to anything. So then he just like listens to, yeah. Cause then he just listens to anything. Yeah. Between, you know, my wife and I fighting over the radio and him kind of little, listen to a little bit of everything. Do you limit as a father, do you like limit his phone time, his social media time? I'm always curious because like we didn't grow up with social media or with phones like this. It's crazy. Right. Um, so he doesn't have a phone yet. Oh, okay. He's, he's 10. So he hasn't asked for one yet. Okay. Um, but of course he's got a tablet. He's got a gaming laptop. Okay. Um, and he, he can work a computer better than I can. Oh yeah. Uh, It's It's crazy. Um, but the good thing about it is we don't have to be too strict with it because he's good about wanting to do other things. That's amazing. Not a lot of kids do that. And I always want to take my nieces and like, let's go play. Like when I was your age, I literally was like coloring things and like outside rollerblading. And um, Eric, before we go, I do need to just touch on something I know you love, something I love. Golden Girls. Yep. It's your guilty pleasure. How? Uh, you know, Why? Um, I love it. But how did you get into it? it it's hysterical. It's so, really I mean, probably started watching it with my grandmother. I'm mm-hmm. guessing. I, I don't care what anybody says. I'll defend it. It's funny. The writing is, funny. is just, and it's risky. Like the stuff yes. that they, they were like talking about sex and, and um, you know, homosexuality, race. I mean, they talked yeah. about everything. Like, and that's back in the 80s. So, and it was, it's just funny. It's so well written. It really it's is. Just, it's very it's, smart. It's smart. Funny. It is. I just but, remember like, cause in the studios we have TVs and I remember you and I were working once and I put on golden girls. It was like in the afternoon, nothing was on. So I, I just like have it on in the background. Cause it's like, I feel exactly, like, yeah, right. I also work with TV and stuff in the background. Like I'm kind of the person that needs things around me. Oh, I always had the TV on in the studio. Yeah. Oh, and, and then I, did you ever like forget that it was on and you open the mic and all of a sudden you could hear the TV coming through? Yeah. And I was like, Oh God, I got to mute it. Oh, I have to mute that. (laughs) Always. So I had it on and I think I had it on mute and you walked in, we were talking and all of a sudden you looked at the TV and you were like, Oh my God, is that the golden girls? And I was like, yes, I know. I know. Cause I didn't know you loved them yet. We like had just met. I was like, I know, I know. And you were like, no, no, no. What channel is this on? And I was like, I was like, uh, whatever the channel number was. And you were like, I got to go. And you like ran back into the <laughs> studio. And when I went to go visit you, you had it on. And I was like, this is how I know Eric and I are going to be buddies. Yeah. As the Golden Girls is a classic. It's so funny. And like you said, like they touched on so many things that are, were like progressive for that time. Yeah, definitely. So I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I literally watch it like every morning. I, I'm, I'm usually the first one to wake up in the weekends. And okay. I'll just plop on the couch and put it on yeah. and then it's on it's on at 11 o'clock it's on at night when i'm going to yep. bed <laughs> it's a feel-good show it's feel good it is yeah it's funny because i so 11 o'clock i try to get in bed on a on a work night mm-hmm. and i'll flip between golden girls and family guy i mean come on it's like oh my god i literally do that too i'm not even gonna lie <laughs> family guy or like what else is on that channel uh bob's burgers sometimes is on i'll yep, flip through yep. that um, I haven't really gotten into like the Rick and Morty thing. You know what? Me neither. People love it, but I haven't, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I haven't really given it a chance, me but either. I don't, I didn't, I didn't really see. Yeah. I, I like family guy more. Bob's Bur- like, I just like that humor more, I think than the Rick and Morty stuff, but yeah. I do that too. Cause you know what it is? It's like shows you don't have to think while you right. watch. Like, I know that sounds bad, but I love a show where you don't have to like fully pay attention to it yeah. and you kind of like yeah. relax while you watch it. Not like I need to figure out who killed X, Y, Z. 10 yeah. minutes into the episode. Like I love those, but sometimes you just don't need those. Um, Eric, 
last question before we go. I ask everyone, because as you know, the name of the podcast is Back to Basic, plan words, because you know I'm very punny. Uh, but what does basic mean to you? So it's funny because I, I knew you were going to ask me this. And when I think of the word basic, mm-hmm. I think of basic white bitch. I think of yep. the girl with the Uggs and her Starbucks coffee and a flannel shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's that is like the quote unquote stereotypical basic bitch, like mm. the Starbucks, the flannel at the uh, fall. I'm not going to lie. I do that shit, too. But nothing uh, wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Right. Absolutely. Do you you think, and this is a follow-up question, which I don't ask many people, but do you think being basic is like negative? Like, do you think that that's, because a lot of people use it as an insult, right? Yeah, I know. But I don't think it's negative. No? I think people just look for something. Mm. Somebody's always got to say something. That's true. How do you uh, overcome people saying shit to you? Or whether it's on social media or in real life, like being negative or like having shit to say about Uh. your life? So I try not to get into that kind of like one thing I try not to do on social media is get political. Yeah, because that that just leads. It's never it never ends. It never ends well. No, Um, I don't know. I just I try to avoid conflict and yeah, I don't know. Go with the flow. Yeah, I honestly luckily don't have too much negativity headed my way unless it's behind my back and I don't know about it. (laughs) Well, if you don't know about it, I guess what you don't know won't hurt you. Right. There it is. That's it. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, no, thank you. This was a blast. I appreciate it. But before you go, I want you to tell everyone where they can follow you on TikTok and Twitter. And so they can keep up with you and know what's going on. Plug it in. Yeah. So on TikTok, it's at LaRusso77, L-O-R-U-S-S-O-7-7. There you go. And yeah. you have to go follow him on TikTok because you make such great videos like you and your son. I love them so much. It's the best. Thanks. I try. <laughs> thank you again so much. I love that we got to catch up and I love that you were on my podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hope to see you soon. Yes. All right. right. Thanks. All right. That was my conversation with Eric LaRusso. Please give him a follow. He's amazing on TikTok. Give us a follow at Back to Basic Podcast on Instagram. Give me a follow at Danielle Maria Costa. You're going to start to see a lot more content on both of those pages soon and into 2022. Don't forget to like our podcast, review, rate, subscribe, do all of the things, share it with your friends. And, uh, I'll see you next week because on Wednesdays, we podcast.